This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath. If this is your first time listening to me, uh, talk about health and other things and love and relationships in your body and everything that is covered on this program. Uh, I'm so happy to have you. It's my pleasure to be here with you tonight. Uh, in this hour of the program, we're going to be talking with Henry Cruder about Yoda, which is like yoga with a laptop. I mean, Sifu, sorry, is Yoda with a lap- laptop. Uh, so he does a lot of coaching and, and helping people to live their best life. So he's going to be joining us at about 9.15. Um, also going to be talking about cervical cancer awareness, uh, cervical health, basically. January is cervical cancer awareness month. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. I love your emails. You can email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com anytime. Uh, and you may have an issue, and that issue, it's all private and confidential, um, and that issue uh, may, you know, help somebody else. If you have a question about it, I'll be able to talk about it on the air, and you may actually be helping someone else out there. I am passionate about this subject, about health, and I think when we share stories, we empower others uh, to actually live better. Information is key. Education is so important in terms of our health, and your health is your wealth. Believe you me, you, you lose your health. You It doesn't matter how much money you have. Oftentimes money doesn't take care of it. Um, so it's best to live life in, uh, in the best way possible. Um, I apologize to those of you. We had the astrologist Diana Warwick on and uh, so many of you called in, but we'll have her back for sure because you maybe didn't realize that there's so much that... Uh, has to do with your life, your direction, your intimacy, and the stars and the moon play a a tremendous role there, especially in terms of your relationships. Um, Also going to be talking about the the Me Too Time's Up campaign. Uh, Finally, I'm so glad, actually, um, because it's about time. You know, we've taken a paradigm shift in this in terms of um, swinging of that pendulum. It used to be that a woman would complain, you know, once she got the courage up to, because to be quite honest with you, so often, uh, when you're sexually harassed, you're like, what was that about? So at first there's confusion because you're so taken aback by the inappropriate behavior, the exposure of somebody's penis at a breakfast meeting or, um, you know, the, the rubbing up against you. Or I was at a dinner uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, and this, the woman who had organized the table had invited this, you know, I, if I could remember his name, I'd expose him. <laughs> But anyway, she thought he was so important. She'd elevated him to a status he was not worthy of. And, uh, you know, she wanted to make sure everyone was on their best behavior. And and what happened was uh, this guy literally was sexually harassing the women at the table. So he was sitting next to me first, and he had his hands on my thighs. I literally was taking his hand and just, like, pounding it back in his space like, get your hands off of me. But, you know, you, you have to actually uh, have decorum when you're in an environment like that. It was, you know, a, a big ball that, that we were at. It was a fundraising ball. And, uh, and so you can't, um, you know, as I'm, I didn't want anyone to see that I was doing this. And um, he continued to do it. And then I got up and I went to the washroom. And, and my friend, I should have warned her, but I, <laughs> who knew? Uh, because, you know what? 
I should have known because these guys don't just sexually harass one woman. There are many. That's why you hear two, three, eight, thirty, a hundred and fifty have come out, and there will be more coming out, as was the case with uh, the Olympians in in the U.S. and And so I I went to the washroom and. And my friend moved over. And then when I came back, she said, do you want this chair back, your chair back? I said, no, thank you. I put her in harm's way, and I didn't even realize that. And uh, so when we left, she said, I wonder what I did. And then I was noticing this guy, and I could see he was just inappropriately behaving with all of the women at the table. And his daughter was at the table. I mean, really. Uh, so she said, I don't know what I did if I gave that guy the wrong message. I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, he had his hands all over me. I said, he had his hands all over me. That's why I moved, you know, but I didn't realize he was going to do the same to you. Anyway, so this, this is behavior that these sexual harassers do. Okay. And it happens in the workplace. And so it used to be that women were not believed and now, at, at all, not only were women not believed, but the bystanders, the ones who witnessed it, did nothing. They defended the the harasser. They defended the workplace bully. They were the person who complained often lost their job, which is why people don't complain, which is why women typically don't complain. There's still a whole lot of women out there currently being sexually harassed or who are still Fearful. It seems like we have so many people speaking up. It's not. There's like a few pimples on the face of this problem that has come forward. I mean, we have only seen the tip of the tip of the iceberg in terms of this. The other thing is a lot of people have settlements. And so and that was a tool used to silence women. So what would happen would be if you don't say anything, and we've heard of that in the Harvey Weinstein case, if you don't say anything, we'll pay you this money. We've heard of that in Congress as well. Um, with taxpayer money, we're settling sexual harassment claims. And so, you know, oftentimes the lawyers will say, you have to accept this um, or we'll sue you. You know, lawyers in those situations, when they want to settle, they're in each other's back pockets. They negotiate. They make this agreement. But quite frankly, um they actually silence women. They're unhealthy. And I do not think that the settlements are going to hold water. Those confidentiality agreements that so many women have signed under duress, under pressure, because they were sexually harassed at companies, that companies in this city, companies in every city across this country. And, um, and so I think that's probably one of the next waves that we're going to see. And I don't think that companies are going to go after women who actually uh, breach their confidentiality agreement. Um, and Because I think that the, we're seeing politicians in Ontario, uh, in Alberta, who have lost their, um, their, their, their um, jobs, basically, their, their positions, the the provincial minister of parliament Patrick Brown of Ontario, Calgary MP Kent Hare, um, also uh, res- these these folks are resigning. The um, Nova Scotia PC leader Jamie Bailey has resigned amid accusations or allegations that are leveled. That's all it takes um, these days. And and so do I agree with it? I I think it actually is rocking democracy, to be totally honest with you. You know, we, uh, people have a right to a fair, um, fair process. They have to actually be tried in a court of law um, that 
you know, where precedent has been set. I mean, that is what is supposed to happen in a democracy, which is what we have, but we're actually seeing that democracy being rocked. And is it is it right? Is it wrong? It's dangerous. But you know what? It's also been dangerous for women to go to work, for these women who have been sexually harassed. It's very damaging when somebody uh, is persistent, gives you inappropriate gifts, makes inappropriate comments, exposes themselves. These are, you know, extremely difficult. Women already make significantly less in the workplace, 30 percent, according to some studies, um, 26 percent, according to other research studies. So it's it's well documented that women make less money. Uh, Single moms often, uh, you know, have struggle incredibly because they have difficulty perhaps working full time. Uh, and, And so it's women are really at a disadvantage. In in so many ways. And so for some reason, this pendulum is swinging and people are saying or has swung. It is on the other side. And people are saying enough is enough. That is enough. The their the people around them, their their satellite of supporters are leaving, which is unheard of. Uh, you know, so many situations where uh, women have been sexually harassed to the point that they have become suicidal. So this is such a significant issue of this time. We are making history. Women are actually gaining power, gaining more security. They're gaining more knowledge. They're gaining more understanding. And women are gaining more power. And perhaps it seems like an unhealthy power because Many powerful men are losing their positions because of their history and time, obviously, is no immunity for this. So if you're shaking in your boots because you did something appropriate 15 years ago, you should be because somebody can come out and level allegations against you and you may, in fact, lose your job. And is that what it takes? If that is what it takes for this to change, I'm all for it. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm a registered nurse. I'm a nurse continence advisor as well. So if you have bladder, bowel, or sexual health issues, I can help you. I'm also a sexual health educator, an ASECT certified sexual health educator. Uh, So it's great to be here with you. And uh, my passion is health, but it looks like I'm not the only one on this planet whose passion is health. And so if you have a a question about your health, um, I have a a great guest coming on. Sifu Slim is a fitness, wellness, and life coach. He's also the author of three books. And uh, you can call us at 1-877-399-9898. So if you have any questions about your health, your fitness, wellness, or your life, give us a call because Sifu Slim is here on the line with me. Hello, Sifu. Hello, Maureen. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Lovely to have you. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the work that you do. You're a fitness, wellness, and life coach, so we have a lot in common. You've authored three books. I've authored one, but who's competing here? Uh, (laughs) I have a radio show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) um, so tell me about your work, this work that you do. Is it it a passion for you? You have a a YouTube channel that has over 100 videos and interviews on wellness and self-mastery. And uh, so welcome to my show, Sifu. No, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So what, what started me off was uh, about age six, growing up in New Jersey, where in the 60s we had a whopping three television channels. I watched Jack LaLanne on television, 
and he was already in his 40s at the time, and I saw what he was doing with minimal apparatus in his kitchen, and I said, boy, that that looks good. So simplicity is the name of the game. If you have to think of buying a bunch of contraptions, that to me is a detractor from the physical activity. It's the better, the more simple you can make it, the better, in my opinion. Are you telling me I should take the ropes and the rowing machine out of my bedroom? I'm just kidding. Okay, so <laughs> in other words, use your own body for your, your fitness and wellness. Use what, what you got? Yeah, your body is the gym. So if you, if you do your 40 minutes to an hour and 10 using your body, and your body can run up hills, it can run sideways, it can run backwards. You'll see Muhammad Ali videos with him running backwards with his punching. If you can do all those things, and you're doing that on a maintenance level, not always transforming and trying to get ripped or trying to lose weight, but if you're on a maintenance, which is my first website was maintenanceworkout.com, and then you want to add things like rowing machines, like life cycles, like chin-up bars and all these other things that you want to do, that's great. But start with the body because you'll always have that no matter where you travel, no matter where you are. Even people in prison, look how buff they are, and they have no weights. They, in California, they took the weights out in the late 80s, and look how, look how fit a lot of those people are. And, and they're just using their bodies. Your body is your gym. I like that. Um, and, and so are they in... in um Correctional facilities, I, I did recently tour a correctional facility, a longer-term correctional facility we have here in British Columbia, and I do believe they had a gym there, but, but they, so they have the prisoners um, just utilize their, just do running and in place, I guess? <laughs> in, in, Cal- in California, the, what happened was they, they, people were getting so big in prisons that the guards had a tough time handling them. True enough. So they, and then they were also, you know, creating weapons and, and disturbances with clubbing people with right. parts of the weight. So they, they removed that. Now these people had to do body weights, and they did things to, to get resistance. They did things like sit on each other's back when they were doing push-ups and ah. hold a towel over their hands when they're doing okay. curls. So th- that's what they did. But now, fast forward uh, 30 years from the 80s, and you'll see that prison yoga, is being promoted. Actually, yoga worldwide has gone ballistic. And what's that all about? Well, it's less about the ego and the look, and it's and it's more about balance. So let's say you have a mind, body, and a spirit, and you want those balanced, and that's a wellness life. Uh, why not? Why not do something like a yoga type thing or a qigong, and then work in your running and your other fitness things to that? But if you've got the balance. How can you beat that? Absolutely. No, that's great. You know, something that uh, little, little, is little known about me. <laughs> it's not much out there about me. But one thing I do for exercise, which I love, is hula hoop. And I actually have, you reminded me because you said you can travel with your body and blah, blah, blah. And I do a fair bit of traveling. But I have a, uh, a portable hula hoop. So it actually breaks down. It's a weighted hula hoop for those of you out there who might like to hula hoop. Um, it's a weighted hula hoop, but you can break it down and uh, into you know, four pieces goes down into one, so you can travel with it. And, uh, you know, I watch the news, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hula hooping, and it actually, you know, tones me. It gets, uh, you know, I'm, you get your heart rate up. Uh, you know, it's not bad, uh, but it's a simple device. As you, as you say, you don't need to, to uh, join a big fancy gym and use all, these, all this equipment that you may not know how to use. I go into gyms. I don't know how to use any of it. No, the, the hula hoop is, is lovely, and I was um, out of school about 15 years ago, 
and they had the PE class, and I was going to speak to them, and I saw them doing their hula hoop routine, and I gave it a try, and I'm a pretty decent dancer. I'm a former professional mascot, and I, I tried the hula hoop, and let me tell you, there's a knack to it, just like with juggling, uh, with dancing, with pair dancing, whatever you do, there's a knack to it, and I, I, my hat's off to someone who can really work the hula. Honestly, people are so impressed that I can hula hoop. You, can, you cannot believe how impressed people are. But um, enough of me. Enough about me. It's not about me. It is about you. And uh, uh, so you interview a lot of people, uh, people who can help others. Is that um, the gist of your YouTube videos? Yes, I I interview uh, people. I I wrote one book called The Aging Athlete, and uh, that's a fascinating thing. I stumbled onto something uh, while I was writing my first book, Sedentary Nation. So it's the history of physical movement from the hunter-gatherers all the way to the couch potatoes in the modern era. And while I was writing that, this orthopedic surgeon uh, told me, that, and he was an athlete himself, he said, your next book, write one called The Aging Athlete. It's a new field in orthopedic medicine. So about a week later, I met a football player who was in his 60s, a former top pick in the NFL, and he uh, was still fit at 255 pounds in, at age 66. And I said, boy, that seems rare to me. Let me ask him the big question. I said, when you go to these reunions and golf tournaments with the people from your era, how many of these people are still practicing regular physical activity? And I didn't, I didn't say performance or anything special, just regular yeah. physical activity. And what do you think the answer was, Maureen? Like 5%. <laughs> yeah, you you hit it. It's less than 10%. So yeah. he started me off in 2009, and I've gone on a quest of doing as best I could close to a scientific study and I'm up to 770-some athletes and ex-military and ex-Broadway uh, dancers, et cetera. Fanta- you know, and- Henry, it's fantastic. we got to go. we got to go to break. Um, I'm going to have you back on to talk a little bit more. And I want to tell you about the 50-year-olds that I met who are still playing hockey. Um, Sifu we'll Slim. Do it. We'll dot- do it again. We will for sure. and the YouTube channel as well. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you this evening. We are into the final strokes of the program. If you can't believe that uh, if you're not having time flies when you're having fun. Is that the expression? I hope you're, hopefully you're having fun. <laughs> I'm having fun. Uh, there's nothing I love more than talking. I'm like a terminal talker. Um, uh, trained very well early on at an early age. Got a PhD in talking. But... <laughs> Uh, but I do love to educate probably more than I actually like to have something of value to say. So hopefully you find this valuable, but I find what you have to say valuable. So you can always give me a call 604-280-9898 or long distance to those of you in Alberta and Manitoba, 1-877-399-9898. Uh, ask me anything you like. Uh, if it relates to your health, your body, relationships, intimacy, uh, issues in your marriage, uh, problems with the kids, go for it. <laughs> sometimes I say, I have a clinical practice, and sometimes I say, basically all I'm doing is is reparenting somebody. I'm like, you know, grow up. You actually just have to grow up. You just can't be so spoiled. You know, uh, you actually have to take responsibility for this. And, uh, you know, your 
actions, your anger, perhaps. Uh, you know, a lot of couples come in and complain about low sexual desire and of one or the other. It can happen to men. It can happen to women. It can happen to anybody. Uh, it can happen to they. And uh, and so there's big complaints about this. But, you know, sometimes you may not be the most attractive person to somebody else, to your partner, right? And and it could be that anger issue that you uh, have decided never to deal with. And you're also in denial about it. A lot of people are in a lot of denial about their um, themselves. They're like, I don't do that. I'm not that way. You know, I don't have a drinking problem. You know, there's sometimes people let people get away with really bad behavior for protracted periods of time. And I had one couple in my clinical practice and like, like 15 years ago or 18 years ago, she said he, she said he, she felt he, her husband had a drinking problem. And, uh, she said that he, she would worry about him coming home at night. He would drink and drive. And that one night she found him, they lived up on a hill and she found him halfway up her hill the hill leading up to their home, and he was passed out on the steering wheel. You know, that's a sign. That's a red flag that somebody actually needs help with their substance use or abuse, shall we say. Um, so, you know, you want somebody's not going to want to have sex with you when you're self-medicating, when you're angry, when you're irritable, when you're out of control, so there's all those issues uh, that people have in relationships. Uh, but sometimes, like the gentleman who emailed me and said, how do I get my wife to listen to your TEDx talk, which you can listen to my TEDx talk if you want. And may I suggest you listen and not watch because I did kind of rock. I had a great comment on there. There's 9,000 comments and I do read every single comment. <laughs> and one of the comments was, "Did Maureen, did you do this? Did you deliver this talk on a ship? <laughs> I said, best comment ever. And he said, yeah, I was actually hanging on, rocking back and forth. Uh, that's the number one uh, most common issue for public speakers is that they rock. I didn't know that. I'd never rocked before. I'd given a lot of um, presentations, and I'd actually never rocked. But I, and I remember when I was giving that talk on the stage at the at the theater, and there were 2,500 people in the audience, I remember thinking... I'm rocking and this feels really comfortable. So I'm going with it. And you know what? It's progress, not perfection in life. So uh, sometimes you maybe feel like you have fallen out of love with your partner or, or uh, there's just things just aren't the same. And of course, they can't be the same with familiarity and and the realization that, uh, you know, this is this is forever sickness and in health, man cold or not. You're sleeping with the same person for the rest of your life. People tend to get passive and relationships grow stale because oftentimes couples avoid confronting issues, especially the issue around them getting passive around their relationship. Um, so you can actually intentionally fall in or out of love. Or back in to love, shall I say. And so here are some suggestions that I find, uh, they're pretty simple, um, but they can be rewarding. One of the first things is, you know, work is a huge issue. And unless you're being sexually harassed, because if you're being sexually harassed uh, at work, you want to tell your partner about it. 
But otherwise, leave work at work. Checking your emails during dinner is not appropriate. Bringing your phone to bed with you, not good either. I don't care what podcast you want to listen to, unless, of course, it's mine. Um, then it's fine. Uh, no, but you don't want to bring any computers or, um, you know, uh, you want to have a definite line of demarcation between work and home. And so that's why you want to leave work at work. And that's hard today because we think we have to answer emails immediately. You don't. Let me tell you. It's better to think about it and get back to the person, you know, in the morning. Uh, you know, it's also like sometimes I feel like, I, hey, I'm guilty of it. I am not perfect. <laughs> As I said, progress. But I have emailed people at like two or three or even four in the morning. I'm somebody who needs my sleep. So it's not usual, but I, you know, if I had a deadline or whatever and, you know, people had, had judged me and I was embarrassed that they were just like, Oh wow. You sent me an email at four. Like, what were you doing? Uh, well, I was on, I was on another time zone. So it wasn't actually four for me, but no kidding. Um, no, but I, I have done that. And so I'm mindful of that. And I think I, I don't want to send emails late at night to people. I don't want people to think that they can um, that to think that they can actually uh, that I don't have clear uh, and healthy limits and boundaries. Um, I have Charles on the line. Charles has a question. Hello. Hello, Charles. Hi there. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Oh, good. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Where are you calling from, Charles? Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, nice. Thanks so much. Yeah. First time you're hear- hearing the show or listening to the show? Yeah, I lucked out. I just found on the station. It's very, I appreciate it very much. Very insightful. Oh, thanks so much. But more important that you have insight, Charles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought I'd share a few insights I have. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. What have you got for me? Um... Um, everyone talks about um, dealing with anger, mm-hmm. and then the the, the, fa- the thing that the male testosterone makes me aggressive, etc., more prone to anger, etc. Um, the funny thing is, I found that sure I can deal with anger and frustration in life by pushing away or kicking a bag or screaming in a field. But mm-hmm. as an artist, there's one way that's even more effective for me. And what's that? Uh, um, there's something they call a sex drive. They should also think of something called the love or affection drive. Mm-hmm. And I have a lady that I actually am in love in for quite a while, but because of two mean husbands, she won't marry. However, she does let me speak to her in Calgary almost every second day. And I write her love letters all the time, and I'm very affectionate with her in a very you know, decent way. And when, I, when I'm able to love her that way, just... Talking about her whole day, her grandkids, and you know, telling her she's beautiful and I love her, all that. Oh, she says thank you. She likes it, and that is actually more effective than punching a bag for me, as far as not feeling angry. Well, well, that is great advice. That's fantastic. Yeah, like um, I'm an artist, a musician. Mm-hmm. So I'm fairly aggressive by nature. However, I've learned the hard way, you know, to tame it down with women as a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I sing love songs and stuff. So with her name is Darlene with Darlene, um, basically all, I mean, I've known her for six or seven years. I've hugged her once. It must be love. <laughs> <laughs> She's in Calgary and you're in, El- in Edmonton. Yeah. And I met her six years ago in from Heller. And I think I hugged her once in my life. That's all. So it's gotta be love. I can't be lost. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how often do you see each other? Um, I haven't seen her for a long time. She moved to Calgary about two years ago. I call her every second day for the last uh, year and a half to two years. So I actually haven't seen her for about two years. So that's a challenging relationship. Did did she leave for any particular reason? Oh, well, well she in Drumhell, I mean, uh, Calgary, she was closer to her kids, grandkids. I see. Stuff. Oh, I see. Okay. So then I went to Edmonton, so I still phone her long distance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I usually talk too much, but my main point is... Uh, I don't know about all men. I can't speak for all men, but for myself, my affection drive is as, as at least as strong as the physical sex drive as an artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, to deal with anger, which may come from loneliness, frustration, or, you know, the usual world stuff, blah, blah, blah. I don't really complain to her much at all. I ask about her day, her grandkids, what she's done, how she feels, how her stomach is, how she's resting. So basically, I love her almost just, well, like a husband, except there's, I can't touch her, of course. So. Right, no, the geographical undesirability poses a challenge. Yeah. But I really appreciate your, calls, your call, Charles. Thank you so much. Perhaps the two of you can get away together sometime because that's uh, also some of my advice in terms of falling back in love with your partner, spending time listening, which it sounds like you're doing as well. Listening is so important, and as is paying attention to your partner, paying more attention, listening, actually knowing what they're saying. Um, and, you know, also sometimes we get in arguments, we get, you know, but you got to agree to disagree. That's just a nice way to be. Well, actually, and- this lady in the right on those save Wayne, like she's the most compatible woman I've ever known, but two abusive husbands later, she just uh, will not marry. She's, so she's lost the trust, and you know what? Yeah, she just don't oh. want to take the chance. Yeah. But she does at least let me love her on the phone. Well, wonderful. Well, thank and you so, so much. It's a family show. It's not, not anything, you know, it's not phone sex. I think it's just affection. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for the clarification. I'm Maureen McGrath. It's not phone sex. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you all about love, your body, relationships, health, your wealth, everything that's related to all of that, which is everything, even the stars and the moon. And uh, love your calls. So thanks so much uh, for calling me at 604-280-9898 or... Uh, one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. If you're calling long distance, and right now I have Roma on the line. Hello, Roma. Hi, I um, I'm fifty eight. I just moved into a fifty five plus place apartment block, and uh, I was warned by the ladies here that the men sit out. Um, by the parking lot, because there's no smoking in the building, so they sit out by the parking lot, and they have their cigarettes. And I was warned by the ladies that they make bets on who they can get to give them hand jobs and blow jobs and get the bed, and there's sex bets to see who they can get in, because um, each apartment only has one person in it. So everyone is single here. Now, I am... Uh, I'm not a well person. I mean, Aww. most of the people in here have some sort of health problems. I, I'm not a well person. I'm not a strong person. I'm also not a rich person. I'm on, on social assistance like half of the people here. Um, I can't afford to just get up and move again. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I have found that when I walk in the halls, off to the laundry room or whatever, I have been cornered in the halls a couple of times by men, and I just sort of squirm my way out of it. 
and just sort of talk my boy out of it and keep on going. And this evening, um, I did invite someone in because there's free giveaway table for food in the main area. And I said, um, here, I'll give you something to take to the table. So he opened my door, tiny little places. He opened my door, and I went to the kitchen right beside the front door. And I said, here, take these down to the free giveaway table. He came into my kitchen, and he started grabbing me, grabbing me. I, oh. I, I, I'm a very sick person. Oh. <laughs> I'm a lot of pain. He's sicker. And I'm trying to get this man off. Oh. Did you call and the police? Finally, no, because it was all from the shoulders up. And it just, I yelled. It doesn't matter. It doesn't oh, matter that it's the shoulders up or the ankles down. Like, my experience with the police is the first thing they would say to me is, why did you let him in? You know what? I let him in to take two containers of noodles. That's why I let him in. But I did get him out, and I did let him have it with both barrels. I did, and whoa, man, was I angry. I don't blame you at all, but I would definitely report him to, you know, the the Strata Council or whomever, the manager. But the managers, here's the problem with the managers. The managers are bullies. They are the most incredible bullies. They have actually on staff, as a volunteer actually, a man who has been arrested by the police for sexually assaulting possibly, not been arrested yet. Uh, he delivers the meals. He has got the master key to deliver the meals. Oh. And, and he was taken away by the police. Now he's still delivering the meals. Because I guess there's one area of this country where innocence until proven guilty (laughs) still applies. It's because it's a club. Mm. It's it's a club that owns the building. The Freemasons, the Eastern Stars, they own the building. Mm -hmm. And he is the president of the club. His friends get to do what they want to do. And if I complain... If I complain, I'm up against the club. Well, the things are changing. Moving out. Things are changing in this world, and and women do need to speak up. I have to say, I know it's very difficult, very challenging, but the Freemasons need to learn about that. If there's any Freemasons listening out there tonight, where where are you calling from, if you don't mind my asking? Just the province. From Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay. I went down to the Freemasons uh, temple, Mm -hmm. and, and I talked to a couple of the Freemasons there, and I said, you know... It's the Eastern Star Chalet that I'm living in, and it's the president of the Eastern Star who is the most atrocious bully. And I said, "Why aren't you doing anything about him?" But you know what? There, there are there are strategies that you can do about that, and we are running out of time. But I'm going to cover that in my upcoming program. So I hope you do listen again because bullying is also lethal. It's a societal malignancy. But there are things that you can do to arm yourself against those bullies. Rona, Roma, thank you so much for the call. All sick people, mostly women. And that's who they're bullying, all yeah. sick women. The, and that's despicable. It is despicable. Well, thank you so much for the call and helping to raise awareness about that. I didn't want to forget to mention that uh, January is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. Most women do not need a pap smear every year. A majority of the young adolescent women that do get HPV are able to clear the virus. If you are in your 20s, a lot of people wonder when they should start getting a pap test. Um, you should have a pap test every, at least every three years. 
uh, we are not commonly screening for HPV in women in the 20s because the majority fight off that virus. After the age of 30, the recommendation for HPV testing is with your pap smear. Uh, This is because women over the age of 30 that have HPV, human uh, uh, human papillomavirus, are more likely to have significant findings on their cervix that could be harmful. Um, and, but most women will only have minor abnormalities, so it's not something that you have to be wildly concerned about. Uh, and 80% of uh, men and women will be exposed to HPV. Many people clear that as well. Um, the HPV vaccines, which have been controversial for some strange reasons, uh, may decrease the cervical disease and reduce cervical cancer risk. Uh, so it's very important that you get uh, the appropriate information on that. They are readily available and recommended for young women and men. We now uh, vaccinate the children in British Columbia anyway um, uh, with the HPV vaccine. Uh both. So this year in September, the government chose to do that. So uh, I'll probably cover this a little bit further um, in the future. But for now, I want to thank you all for uh, being here with me tonight in the program. For those of you who just joined, thank you so much, Andrew. Great uh, bang up job tonight. For darn sure. It was a bit hectic, a bit busy, um, but uh, we loved every minute of it, didn't we? You can um, email me, uh, nursetalk at hotmail.com. I did a TEDx talk called The No Sex Marriage, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame. And that can be found on YouTube. So if you're interested in that at all. And uh, also I have a website, which is backtothebedroom.ca. Um, so there's many different ways you can get in touch with me and I welcome all of your emails. Uh, if there's anything you'd like to learn about in terms of your relationship, your health, your body or, um, exercise, whatever, uh, yeah, I'm game. So I look forward to hearing from you and remember when you stumble on this gravel road of life, Make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.